everybody. We are here with our first Q&A for this eight-month, six-day, session 130. That says the screen, so we shall go with the screen. <laughs> but we just thank you, Lord. We just thank you. We are on the sixth day of the eighth month. Come through. First week is ending. Tomorrow is the Lord's day. Mm. New week begins. All we can say is, Lord, thank you, Father. Thank Amen. you. Thank you, Lord. So as we begin today's questions, we've got lots of questions. We, uh, it was interesting last weekend I was out, I was in another state and we, <laughs> I don't know whether we fooled you or not, but we replayed an old Q&A and we had <laughs> 200 people watching. So we fooled you well. <laughs> we fooled you well. Okay. So, but next time I go out of station, we will pre-record the questions. We'll let you know, send the questions early. And probably this week, coming week, uh, send the questions early because again, we, we should be out that weekend, but uh, we will do the Q&A on Friday evening and we will record it so that we can broadcast it on Correct. Saturday. So with that, once again, little Gracie, happy birthday. Hallelujah. You mm. turned one year. Mm. Okay. We shall pray. Father, this evening, we just thank you, Lord. We just thank you. Thank you, Father. Wherever your children are, Lord, listening, they need a touch from you. Some need a touch in their body. Little mm. Sarah, Lord, and Uncle Marshall needs a touch. Lord, that you would touch, the divine touch, the touch of the healing, saving master. One touch, one touch, Lord. Some need a touch in their soul, Lord. Peace, rest, be still. Yes, Lord. Touch, Lord. Touch. Yes, yes, Lord. All things. Your word says not some things, a few things. All things mm. work together for the good of those who love you. They're called according to your purpose. We love you. We know you called us. Some haven't discovered their purpose, but they know. They are saved, they are called, and I pray we will trust you implicitly. It will all work out for our good, because we see in part, but you see in full. Mm. So even this evening, we put our trust in you, Lord. I pray even the questions, the answers will minister to somebody, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Be with us. Give us the wisdom, the discernment to answer these questions from your children around the world, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Yes, Sammy. Pastor, we'll start with question number six. Question, okay. question number six is, it's a two-part question, Sam. In Romans chapter 3, verse 23, and Romans chapter 8, verse 10, the way back to glory from since level of life is through the path of righteousness. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Before we even think about getting on to glory, how do we figure out the vital stepping stone of righteousness? Sin became a problem right in the Garden of Eden. Would you agree it robbed man of all good gifts that God had wanted him to enjoy? Sin brought death. Wages of sin is death. Okay. First, uh, 
it's a there's a completely different concept over the oath because when we interchange old covenant verses and use new covenant, but you have to see the old covenant only through the lens of the new covenant. The new Otherwise, it will you will absolutely go wrong in your doctrine, your theology. Mm. You can go wrong by looking at the new covenant through Old Testament lens. Mm. Okay, it's it's a very dangerous thing. Okay, because old covenant is the law, the letter of of the word which kills. Mm. The new covenant is the spirit that gives life. Mm. So, like because you lead, because I said um, uh, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. It's a it's a old covenant psalm, but we read it completely differently, mm. completely differently. Okay, I want you to go to Romans chapter one. And verse 17 first. Okay, Romans chapter 1, verse 17. Okay. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed. What is it? It is the gospel. Mm. What is the gospel? Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Yes. It is through Christ, in Christ. Okay. In it, in this gospel. The gospel is about a person. It's not about his teaching. It's about a person. It's about a person. And if you don't have the person, the teaching will make no difference. It's just like Moses' teaching. It is the person. In that gospel, what is revealed is the righteousness of God. Mm. The righteousness of God. And it is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Mm. Okay? So, the new covenant is radically different. Absolutely different. The old, the old Testament talks about the fall of man. Yes. The fall of man takes place when Satan comes and injects his lie. But it is not just receiving that lie, what it did to them. They absolutely fell. Okay, fell from their first estate, as the Bible calls. And subsequently you will see because they believed, that's why what you believe has more ramifications than what you think. What I believe affects my spiritual state, yes. whether it is the truth or a lie. Mm. It just does not affect my temporal, it affects my spiritual state. Okay. <coughs> so what happens is subsequently, Adam fell into sin. Uh, everybody is born in sin. That's what... Psalm 51, will, verse 5, will talk about born in sin, shaped in iniquity. What is that iniquity? It's the iniquity of the devil. Mm. It's the iniquity of the devil. So you have iniquity, you have sin, mm. and you have transgression. That's how we are formed. Okay. So there's no way out of this. The only way out of this is a completely new rebirth. Mm. New birth. There's no way out of this. You're trapped in it. Your father is the devil. That's what Jesus says in John 8, 44. You of your father, the devil, and his works you do. You are of your father, the devil. So we were born, our spiritual father, I mean, whether we like it or not, our spiritual father was the devil. <laughs> okay. And if we are not born again, he continues to be our father. Yes. Continues to be our father. So it doesn't matter what good we do, it's irrelevant. Your father is the devil. So there has to be a change of fatherhood. And that's why Jesus tells Nicodemus, you have to be born again. When you are born again, you are born of God by his word and by his spirit. 
Now iniquity becomes equity. Okay? Sin becomes righteousness. And transgression begins the spirit of obedience. Internally, that new man is a completely new man. There is no iniquity there. He has equity. He is absolutely right with God. He has no sin. He has been justified without sin. He is righteous in God's sight because he is of God. And there is no transgression because he has the spirit of obedience. So there is a completely radical change. But to that man, God says, how did it happen? By faith. You received the grace of God. You were born again. Now walk in faith. So in the new covenant, the simple thing, the only way you can continue, you are born again. You are with equity, righteousness, and you have the spirit of obedience. The only way you can continue and grow in it is by faith. So it is not like the old covenant. It is simply by faith. That's what the Bible is talking about, Romans one seventeen. The just, my righteous, my just, who has been justified, who have been born again, it is written, is how is what for in it is the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Okay. When Paul is talking in Philippians 3, he's basically comparing a righteousness that comes by law and he's comparing the righteousness that comes by faith. He says, compared to the righteousness that comes by faith, this is rubbish. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is garbage. Who wants garbage? But people still want garbage. Yeah. Still wants garbage. Okay. Still wants garbage. Okay. And even people who are born again still go after garbage. God says there's only one way out. This is the way. Because what happens in faith is, he says, every time you walk by faith and you step by faith, live by faith, what is being revealed is the righteousness mm. of God. Mm. It is not the righteousness of law. It is not the righteousness of man. In Habakkuk, the Bible says the righteous shall live by his, his faith. faith. Mm. But New Covenant never says his by faith. faith. Mm. By faith. Mm. And it is of, of God. That of faith God. is of God. So, that's so. When you look into Psalm 23, where David says, it's a new covenant psalm. Yes. The new covenant psalm. This new born again person, this is what Peter is talking about. The spirit of Christ is speaking through the prophets. And David is a prophet speaking through him. And the new born again person who is born of God, he has equity, he has uh, uh, no sin, he's righteous. And he has the spirit of obedience. The obedience that comes by faith. Mm. Remember, he has this. That's how he is born again. Because he is born of the nature of God. The same nature as Christ. Christ had no sin. He was absolutely righteous before his father. And he had obedience. Only thing he had to learn. He also, the new man also has to learn. But already what is there is no spirit of rebellion. It is a spirit of obedience mm. in the new man. The old man is a spirit of rebellion. Oh, the new man is a spirit of obedience. That is the new man. Mm. Okay, new man. So when he looks at the psalmist, Psalm 23, he says, yeah, this is true. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is not the shepherd of the old man. Mm. He yes. won't even lead yes. him. Yes. He is, that is why shepherd only new man. covenant people can actually understand the old covenant. Yes. All that was preserved for our sake. Mm -hmm. Just not for them. For them, the law was only a restrainer. Basically, the law is for the criminals. Okay, The one who is not a criminal doesn't need the law. The criminal is the one who needs the law. What is the purpose of the law? To restrain them. So law was given to the old covenant people because they were not born again. They need restraint. So they were restrained by the law. And most of the people broke the law and uh, they lived that. But the new covenant, we don't need the law. 
So what he says, because he is, he is not lawless. Mm. He's not lawless. He doesn't need the law. So when he looks at Psalm 23, if you put Psalm 23 over there, when he looks at Psalm 23, he says, yeah, the, the Lord, Lord is my shepherd. Yeah. And I shall not want. Mm. Why shall I not want? Because I live by faith. Mm. I live by faith. Okay. Lord is my shepherd. How can I want? Mm. Okay. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Mm. He leads me beside still waters. Everything is personal. Everything is personal. Okay. So there is no other way to live. There are only two ways to live. There is the way of the old man, that is sight. Okay. Or the way of the new man, which is faith. Okay. And we face that struggle. But that entire struggle itself is what life is all about. How you overcome. And how we process that struggle is what is going to determine your destiny within the kingdom of God. Okay. So everybody is born again, is born again into the kingdom of God. Into the kingdom of God because we are in the temporal and the old man is still there who has iniquity, who has sin, who has transgression. And the new man has no iniquity. He has equity with God. He has no sin. He has made righteousness and he has the spirit of obedience. God says, now your race begins. Start. Your time begins now. Run. And overcome. And how you finish will determine your destiny. Mm. Are you saved? Yes, you are saved. Can you lose your salvation? Very difficult to lose your salvation. Very, very difficult. Rarest, like in the Supreme Court talks about penalty by death, is in the rarest of rare cases. Very, very rare cases. If you are genuinely, truly born again, to lose your salvation is not easy. Hmm. It is not easy because you are born of God, God and you are sealed by the Spirit of God until the day of your redemption. Hmm. It is That's why I keep telling people, be very sure you are born again. Don't assume that yes, thing. That's Don't assume about things. Be Actually, be very sure that you are born of God. Okay, Once you are born of God. The thing is that, you know what? Uh, that's what Jesus used that fantastic uh, word a statement in John uh, 14. He says, the thing is that, you know what? Orphans will be always unsure. Mm. They have no security in their life. Yes. Orphans. Okay. No security in their life. Okay. But children are secure. Children will be worried about discipline, but they never worry I will be thrown out of the house. Mm. <laughs> No child worries about it. Of course, when parents start fighting and scaring and use that banned word called, I will leave, divorce, then insecurity starts coming in. But otherwise, they have no insecurity. Yes. Oh, I failed in math. I think my dad, dad is going to throw me out. I will not get... They never think that way. They were worried I'll get disciplined. Discipline. Okay. That's where Jesus is coming. He says, I will send somebody. Just like he will be in you, with you, you will never be an orphan. Mm. Never be an orphan. Okay. So if you are saved, you're not an orphan. You're not an orphan. You're a child of God. That's why the Bible says in John 1, 12, as many as you received him, he gave them the power, power. and authority to become the children of God. Not orphans. Not orphans. This is the fundamental thing which you have to be very, very sure about. Don't confuse the discipline of God as being orphaned. No. no. It's a discipline for children. Mm. It's a discipline for children. What length he will go to? Ask uh, David and ask Jonah. Mm. Ask Jonah. <laughs> Weeds will be around your neck. You will be in the belly of the fish in the bottom of the sea until you cry out. Why? Because you are a child. You are not going to get away with it. 
they're not going to get away with it okay so that is the thing okay the dangerous part of being in church and god never disciplining you is the dangerous yes. part because that means you're an orphan you're not you're i don't even want to use the word orphan have you used the word which kjb uses yes. you are a bastard mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the word kjb uses you are a bastard you are illegitimate actually in kintelu it says you are the wrong seed you are of the wrong seed okay god doesn't god doesn't discipline the devil's children so they are going through the same kind of trials troubles and like us but it is not discipline this not we may go through a similar trouble but you need to realize that it is no not trouble yes. it is discipline yes yes it is discipline it's cleansing okay mm-hmm. it is discipline mm. okay and sometimes you also have to be very very careful about the word discipline a discipline is not necessarily punishment punishment yes it's not punishment mm. It's not necessarily punishment. Okay, a child may see it as punishment, but it is not punishment. If I wake, let us say my children are going to school, and if I wake them at six in the morning, they may see it as punishment. It is not punishment. It is discipline. discipline. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. It is discipline. Mm-hmm. Okay. You join the army, and from there, discipline begins. Now, it is not punishment. Mm-hmm. Your body, at the end of the day, feels like it has been punished, but it is not punishment. It is discipline. So there are two parts of discipline. One, it is his training you the other is when you step out of the way and despite the warnings then he starts chastising you okay he starts chastising you both is only for children it's mm. not for orphans orphans are never disciplined or let's not use illegitimate children are never disciplined by the father god never disciplines the devil's children he only disciplines his own children he's very clear about it you don't discipline your neighbor's kids you leave them alone Okay hmm. so that's where you have to see so the vital stepping stone of righteousness is faith there is no mm-hmm. way you can overcome sin but if you let's what romans 14 23 is a very well known verse in our church right 40, romans 14 23 okay the bible is very very clear okay he who does not eat from faith because he's kind of he brings the most normal common thing of life food and he says he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith for whatever is not of faith is sin rewrite the word without using the word not whatever is of faith whatever is not from faith is sin whatever is of faith is, is righteousness, righteousness. Mm.
Now, he didn't want to stand up. I told him to stand up. Now, when I tell him to sit down, okay, till that entire period when he was standing up and sitting down, he lived my life. Mm-hmm. That was my desire, not his desire. He didn't want to sit up, please. Mm-hmm. Okay. He didn't want to stand up. He didn't want to stand up. Mm-hmm. But why did he stand up? Because I said so. Why did he stand up? Because he heard and he believed and he stood up. When he stood up, at that moment, he's no longer living Richie's life. That thought was not in his, the desire was not in his mind, but he heard and he believed and he obeyed. You know what? When he stood up, do you know who stood up? I stood, I stood up. up. Mm, yes, yes, mm. In him, I stood up. Mm. And I told him to sit down. In him, I sat down. And that's what Paul is talking about. I no longer live. Every time I hear, I read, I understand, I obey, you know what I'm doing. Christ is living in me. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And every time you are doing it, it's not what is happening. It's the righteousness of God. That is what it says about Abraham. Abraham believed in God and it was credited unto him as righteousness. Okay, That's what God is looking for. So the trap of the devil is religion. Trap of the religion of the devil is religion. In religion, you get so you have to look at it. Okay, so again, the second thing is you have to go to part uh, Hebrews eleven and verse one. Two fundamental verses connected with faith. Right. Okay, one is Romans ten seventeen. Other now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Pre-fall, post-fall. Pre-fall, if you eat, you will die. Therefore. If you don't eat, you will not die. Okay, so if they haven't eaten, all the blessings of God is connected with this life because they are not going to die. Mm. The earth is paradise. Earth is beautiful. You can eat of every tree. That one tree don't eat. That is how life is going to be. Man is going to walk with God. He's going to live forever and he's going to enjoy this world. And then man fell. It's taken out of the garden, thrown out. Okay, now death has come in. When the death has come in, your entire perspective of life has to change. Has to change. Why? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The question is, what are you hoping for? Mm. If your hope is only connected to this life, you are just wasting your time because the world is passing away. And so are the desires passing away. Even if you have those desires in your body, your body doesn't have the capacity anymore. It's growing older and older. And you look at very, very old people and look at them, how they lived and what they are. They don't have the strength. Okay, why? Your body is a reflection of the passing away of the world. The world is passing away. Where do you see it? Look in the mirror. It is passing away. So God says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The question is, what are you hoping for? So your hope has to be connected to what is not seen, mm. the other side. So you're not, we are not worried about the lost blessings on earth because we know the blessings are anyway temporary. My God shall supply all my need, not my greed, not my want, shall supply my need. So you realize in this life, he will take care of my need. Take care of my need. The simple thing is that my body does not have the capacity to enjoy everything. It simply does not have. Yes. So God says, keep your faith there, your hope there, and you run your race by faith here. You become an overcomer on that side. He says you receive a body. 
See, on my right hand is joy and pleasures forevermore. It is there. But this, you cannot enjoy in this body. Your body does not have the capacity to enjoy it. Your mind doesn't have the capacity to enjoy it. Your soul doesn't have the capacity to enjoy it. Not just your spirit, because it's absolutely limited because of sin and this fallen nature. But on the other other side, side, you come over with this new body. Look at Jesus, new body. Okay, traveling probably at the speed of light or faster than that. Walks through, (laughs) walks through closed doors. Okay, appears, disappears, eats. No, this nothing of the material realm can affect that body. Mm. The body is not affected at all by that. Okay, so God is talking about you know. Don't worry about the lost blessings of Eden. It's nothing compared to the blessings that is coming. Nothing. The new creation is even. I mean, the Garden of Eden. Let us put it across. Is nothing compared to the uh, new creation. Even that is nothing compared to the new creation. So that's how you have to see. You have to look at life that way, and you have to look at righteousness that way. There is only one way to righteousness. It is by faith, and you live by faith. And every time you live by faith, what do you proclaim? You proclaim the righteousness of. Of God. Don't go the old covenant way. Because even when you fight sin and you tackle with sin, be very careful. You're not tackling sin from the old covenant perspective. Mm. Born in sin, shaped in iniquity. No. You're tackling sin from the new covenant perspective. Have equity with God. Have the righteousness of God. And have the spirit of obedience. And therefore, I am tackling. Therefore, when you're tackling it that way, there is no condemnation. There's no condemnation. Because you are in Christ Jesus. And those who are in Christ Jesus, you can, they cannot be condemned. Because if I am in Christ Jesus and I am condemned, mm. then Christ is condemned. Yep. That's why Romans 8 says, who is who dare condemn? For it is Christ who justifies. It's e- even when we fail, our yeah. faith is still reckoned to us as righteousness. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. the point. So that is <laughs> the difference which people need to understand. Mm. That is... The, it's it's such a subtle difference, Super. but it is a vital difference. How you look at life, mm. otherwise sin will bog you down. Yep. Bog you down. It will bog you down. You will not be able to overcome mm. because depression will get it because yes. you are seeing it from the point of a sinner. But you have to see sin from the point of a righteous man, mm. not not as a sinner. Because if you see sin from the point of a so the preaching in the kingdom of God against sin is basically don't lose your ground. Mm. Not lose your salvation. Yep. Don't lose your crown. Extreme cases are there where you can go back all the way to perdition, which Rama, Hebrews chapter verse with Christ. You don't go into the mission field alone. It comes with you. That's why mission is not a burden. Why? Because if it doesn't come with you, it is a burden. Yep. But if it comes with you, it is it is physically tiring, but it is a spiritual joy because you know what? Your partner is with you. Your partner is with you. That's how it should work. Okay, so new covenant is completely, completely. Okay, there are new old covenant people who lived the new covenant life. You know, walked with God. David always said, "His Christ at my hand. Don't take your spirit from me. Don't take your spirit from me. Understand how it works. These fundamental things, the mistakes we made, we learned from it, and we try to teach you because you have a fantastic start." All of you have a fantastic start. You are young. You are believing spouses. You have little children. The children are very small. The minds are still like sponge. They can be turned in whichever way you want. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can. So be active.
actively involved in it. Actively. Because when they grow up, they will not want so much of you. And they should not be around you so much. Because now they have to grow up. But till then, invest. This investment. That's why I like I said, Psalm 27 is a completely different psalm. It's not what you think. It is talking about the home. God builds, God watches. And he, what is he building? He's building a home. And what are you building in the home? <laughs> You're not buying furniture. It's talking about the children. 127. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, let's go to the next question. Yes. Pastor, question number seven is again a continuity of this. Uh, it says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 that uh, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works. So the, the question says, the glory of God will manifest once we produce fruit of righteousness that God sowed into us. Will that will that happen when the fruit of righteousness is being uh, is being is being performed? Glory cannot enter into the midst of sin. God warned Moses that his that he keep people away from the Mount Horeb at a distance before he was to display his glory there. Would you say that righteousness is a platform for glory to land? Okay, again, let me tell you. Again, old covenant. This is, again, this is old covenant. Mm. You need to understand the old covenant is completely different from the new covenant. The old covenant, what comes is law. Law comes. Mm. Law is outside. Law is outside. So that's why its restrictions are given. Okay. Now come to uh, First uh, Corinthians chapter 3, right? Verse 12. Or, or, one second. Chapter 3 and uh, 16. Do you not know you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? It's completely paradigm shift. Mm. They had to go to a temple. We are the temple. We are the temple. Like I used the example in the in Nepali service. I said, if you look into every religion, Every religion. Okay, you see, mm-hmm. you see early morning, all our Hindu brethren washing their friend, mm-hmm. everything, doing it all. What are they doing? They're basically inviting their gods to visit their house. So it has to be cleaned up. Mm-hmm. When a Muslim brethren goes to his mosque, what is kept outside? It's water. He will not enter until he has washed. Why? Because they are going to a temple. We are not going to a temple. We are the temple. Mm-hmm. We are the temple. So the God of glory, that is the spirit of God, has come into us and is dwelling in our spirit. What does he do now? Now he's cleaning us inside out. out. That is the difference. Mm. He's cleaning us inside out. He's not cleaning us from outside in. He's cleaning us from inside out. Now go to First Thessalonians and chapter 5 and verse 23. How he works. If you if you align yourself with his work, life becomes easier. <coughs> now may the God of peace, okay, why does he say God of peace? But the first thing that happens when you are saved is you have peace with God. Mm. Okay. You are not struggling for peace because as long as you are not a child of God, you are in enmity with God. Yes. So when you have reconciled with God, you have peace with God. Okay, you have peace with God. Okay, and what is he doing? Himself sanctify you completely, make you holy completely, and may your whole now that's the order in which going whole, spirit, soul, and body. Because who is sanctifying you? If you look at the verse 24, he will do it. Mm. He's talking about Christ, but basically talking about he who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. So, how does he do it? He does it through 
the spirit of God who mm. is inside. So the spirit of God is not going to come outside and start with the body. Mm. He wants to start with the spirit. Yes. Start with the spirit. Mm. Okay, he starts with the spirit and he goes into the soul and he goes into the body. But he says, because the body is the container, surrender it. Mm. Okay, because the body is the container. It's a pot that holds this. Mm. So surrender the body. Let me work from within. Mm. Okay. And please remember, Jesus came full of glory, but nobody saw it. When you are looking in glory in the physically material manifest way, you won't see mm. it. You won't see it. Only on the Mount of Transfiguration was it revealed to them. He just showed it and then shut it again. Mm. Okay. So we don't see the glory. Okay. Now if you go to um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16 onwards. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. It's talking about outside, inside. Outside, we are perishing. The trials is taking a toll on us. I see people, no? your hair gets white, your age, you age very fast, very because of the pressure. Because you're handling pressure. Everybody is not handling pressure in the same way. I will show you the, that portion, Second Corinthians chapter 4. Okay, What is he talking about? Okay, Apostle Paul handled pressure like no man. Mm-hmm. You know? Turn with me to the same chapter words. Let's read from verse 7. Hmm? 7 to 10. Okay, We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God. This is the earthen vessel. At the end of the earthen vessel, if you put in pressure, it will start breaking. It will start showing. The cracks will start appearing. That's why he's saying the outward man is perishing. Okay, We are hard pressed on every side but not crushed. Mm-hmm. That is inside. The life of Christ inside. Pressed on every side but not crushed. We are Perplex. Sometimes we have no idea what is happening and what to do, but we are not in despair. Mm. The difference, okay, when you don't have Christ in you and we are not allowing Christ to manifest and not living by faith, what happens when you are, when you uh, stay on eight, when you are crushed on every, you become depressed. Perplexed, yeah, but not in despair. Mm. But it's just not despair. I'm not depressed. We are perplexed. We are absolutely confused. This thing. Sometimes he says. Sometimes we are despair of life itself. Yes. Mm. He says we didn't. But he says not in despair. Mm. Okay. Persecuted. We are persecuted. Everything in the system seems to be persecuted. But deep inside, you know, I'm not persecuted. Okay. okay. Daniel is thrown into the lion's den. God is with him. His friends are thrown into fire. God is with him. There's persecution at the highest level. Thrown into the burning furnace, thrown into the furnace, but not forsaken. Okay, Paul is sitting in the prison, in chains and sitting, the Lord is near, not forsaken. Okay, this is what he's talking about. This is glory. How do you know? What is the proof of glory is not the halo around your head and all. We are talking about how do you know glory? How do you know glory? Glory is the result of the manifest presence of God. Okay, his manifest presence of God. So in the material realm, you may not see the glory, but you experience the presence. Because you experience the presence, 
you know there is glory. The presence is proof that there is glory. But glory will be revealed only if he wants to. Yes. Mm. Jesus showed them the glory, but he was always with them. Yes. Mm. Okay. Always glo- mm. with them. Therefore, uh, Peter and all will say, we saw him full of glory. When did you see him full of glory? They're not talking about it. He was with us. Mm. Full of grace, full of truth. He was with us. That was the glory. Okay. But the manifest physical material, this thing was revealed only once to them on the Mount of yes, Transfiguration. Yes, yes. But the presence was there. So how do you know the presence is there? It is this. Heart pressed on every side. But we are not crushed. Absolutely perplexed, confused. Hmm. But not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck Struck down, but not destroyed. But not destroyed. They can strike me down, Paul says. Stone me. But deep inside, they cannot touch my soul. They cannot touch my spirit. Not destroyed. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. He cannot destroy me. I am indestructible. Because one who lives in me is Christ. Mm. Okay. That is glory. That is the evidence of God's glory. Okay. That is the evidence of glory. And then he says, one day when you get out of this body, the glory will be revealed. Saints will differ in their glory. How much did you allow Christ to live in you will be the quantity of your glory. Your glory will differ because everybody does not live the same way. Everybody does not respond the same way. So one day when the new body is given, everybody will be able to make out by the glory. Okay, this was a really, really overcoming saint. This one was, okay, even angels differ. Angels are not the same. Angels differ. Mm-hmm. Some of the angels, when they saw they mistook it for God and fell on their <laughs> face. Mm-hmm. They said, get up, get up, we are just an angel. <laughs> okay, so angels also differ. Saints also will differ. And God is impartial. It's not a respect of persons. But it says, the choice is yours. Mm-hmm. How do you want okay. Yes, that's what we um, Master, there's a very interesting question from a young young uh, person. I don't know if it's a boy. It's a, it's a boy, yeah. A boy from a Catholic background. This is question number eight. It's 10 years old. 10 years old. Uh, he says, uh, when God made man, he made him in his own image. When he made animals, his imagination ranged wide and free. Would you say that God made animals to instruct us, even young lions, according to the psalmist, seek their f- from God? Why do whales make the noises they make? Human beings make the noises they make. Nobody figured that, out, that figured that out as well. God, in his infinite wisdom, made the birds, the bees, the animals, the fish, the planet, etc. In heaven, will we have all this over there? This question is from a boy who is from a Catholic background who turned 10. He now listens to GDC. Okay, this is from the furthest country on the northern hemisphere, from Canada. Okay, so this young kid is asked an interesting question, but you need to realize... Everything God creates has its own purpose, okay? Because the Bible says in the book of uh, Romans, all of creation, all of creation declares the glory, of God. the glory of God, okay? It's declaring, it's declaring God to us, meaning something about God. It's teaching man something. Psalm 19, yes. It's something like mm. today's uh, and yesterday's daily reading. Mm. If you go into Proverbs 28, mm. okay, Proverbs 28, Let's go over there. Proverbs 28. Okay. Verse 24 to 28. No. Oh, sorry. Not 28. 30, 30, 30. Proverbs 30. 30. 30. 
There are four things which are little on the earth, but they are exceedingly wise. Okay? It is today's reading. You read it, mm-hmm. right? Okay? Now God is telling to learn from. Okay? Ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their food in the summer. The rock badgers are a feeble folk, yet they make their homes, uh, homes in the cracks. The locusts have no king, yet they all advance in ranks. Mm. And the spider or the lizard skillfully grabs with his hand and it's in the king's palaces. So he's talking about, for he said, learn from the ant. The first thing you learn from the ant is work hard. Mm-hmm. Plan your work, work your plan. Mm-hmm. Be disciplined in your work. Mm-hmm. You want to succeed, God has said, there is a way to work. Mm-hmm. If you don't work, you will never succeed in life. Yes. Idleness is never encouraged in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. The idol will not inherit the, the kingdom <laughs> of God. Because faith without works is yeah, dead. Yeah. Faith itself has its own works. Okay, so the first thing he says, learn, learn from the ant. So we still we are answering a little boy's question, because the book of Proverbs will mention many many animals. Okay, so uh, go to the second one. Okay, the second one over there. Uh, twenty-seven. Yeah, second one over there is twenty-six. Twenty-seven. Yeah. Yes. Twenty-six. Awesome. Yeah. Twenty-six. 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 The rock badger. The rock badger are a feeble folk, yet they make their homes in the cracks. It's it. They are not very strong. So they make their homes in a very difficult, inaccessible place, so they are safe from the predators. predators. So basically he says, you need to be smart to protect what you are building. Mm-hmm. You not only build, you watch. Be smart. Learn from them. It's not your strength. Look, Learn from the badger. The badger is not a very strong fellow, mm. but he protects what he builds. Mm. He will protect his home. He will protect his children. He will raise them up without the pests coming and eating them up. Mm. Okay, so learn to protect what you are building. Mm. Okay, first build. Be hardworking like the ant. Second, protect what you build. 27. Locusts have no king, yet they all advance in ranks. He says, a point has to come in your life. Nobody has to discipline you, you mm. because you have been disciplined. Mm. You have been disciplined. Best discipline is self-discipline. Mm. You have heard. You have understood. You said, here I am. I'm going to discipline myself. Yes. Locusts are disciplined. They don't need a king to lead them. Mm. They have learned to be led. They have understood the fundamental principles of the kingdom of God. They have had the laws of God written in their hearts and they are led by it. That's what he's talking about. 28. The spider skillfully grasps with his hands. Or a lizard. Both are used. And we have, we can talk about lizards. Because lizard, actually, occasionally we will use the mm-hmm. word lizard. Okay. So lizard. Okay. Now look at this lizard. The lizard is a small little fellow. Small little fellow. Or if you want to look at it, the spider or the lizard, whatever it is over there. You know. Where do you find it? You find it even in the king's palace. So he says... It does not matter how little you are. If you are smart, you can stand before kings. You can be reach the top position. So he says, learn from these little things. Learn from animals. Learn from animals. All of creation. Then he had a subsequent question also yeah, there. Right? Yes, yes. Uh, he says, human beings make the noises they make. Nobody figured out that as well. God in his infinite wisdom made the birds, the bees, the animals and the fish. In heaven will they, will we have all this over there? Okay. Now, before we go to heaven, we have to go to earth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because we are not going to heaven straight away. We are going to be in earth for a thousand years. Mm-hmm. If we are part of the overcoming saints, yes. we are going to be a part 
of the earth. Mm. So we have a preview of what life is going to be like. Okay. Now this is when Jesus comes. Mm. Okay. Verse 4 onwards. I see 11 and verse 4 onwards. The millennial reign of Jesus Christ has begun. He begins judgment. With righteousness he shall judge the poor. And decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. And with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. Jesus is starting to rule. Righteousness shall be the belt of his loins. And faithfulness the belt of his waist. Now what is happening to the animal kingdom when Jesus comes? The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. The leper shall lie down with the young goat. The calf and the young lion and the fatling together. And a little child shall lead them. Back to peace mm. with man and animal. Mm. The cow and the bear shall grace. The young one shall lie down together. The lion shall eat straw <laughs> like the ox. They all revert back to vegetarian. Mm. Everybody starts eating grass. Okay. And the nursing child shall play with the in the, by the cobra's hole. And the weaned child <laughs> shall put his hand in the viper's den. They are no longer poisonous. Mm. They won't harm Perfect peace. When Jesus comes, there is peace. He has reconciled creation back with the Father. Man and the rest of creation have peace. So that's how earth is going to be like for a thousand years. So when you talk about the animals, yes, animals will be there in the millennial reign. There will be animals in the millennial reign. Now about post that in the new creation, there is an issue. I'm not very sure about it because the new creation, there's a new earth and there's a new heaven. But in that new city called Jerusalem, the issue is our bodies are different. Yes. Okay. In the new millennium, there are two kinds of people. People with the new resurrected bodies and people with the old bodies. Both are there. But when you are going, moving into a realm with only the new bodies, then uh, I don't know what the animals are going to be like. Mm. Something has to happen to them too. Maybe they also get new bodies. I don't know, mm. but I do believe there are going to be animals. Creation itself, creation, will, yeah. itself will For be. all of creation itself it's is growing, growing to together. wait for the redemption. The redemption is Adam fell, they all fell. Mm. Now, new Adam starts his reign, they all rise. Mm. So I do believe there will be animals, but I am also not sure what kind of animals will be there. Like one, there is no sea. No, fish will be there. Rivers are there. So we need fresh water. <laughs> fresh water fish will be there. Okay. So all those things which are in the sea will not be there. Okay. Sadly, whales won't be there unless God does something. I mean, God can do anything and everything. He can. Okay. So we do not know. Whales will occupy lakes. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we do not know no, how it will be. You know? So we are not very sure about how it will be like because Except this passage in the book of Isaiah, which is talking about the millennial reign of Jesus Christ on the earth. The new creation, that is kept to us as a surprise. Wait. Mm. Then come and see what it is like. What it will baffle man's imagination. It's nothing like that. So young uh, <laughs> man, gentleman, <laughs> young kid, son. Yes, all of them speak to us. All of creation teaches us. We learn from them. We learn industry from bees. We learn what it is not to be afraid from the lion. We learn how to the, 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 like if you watch Animal Planet or this, this thing, how the lions bring down animals which are much bigger and heavier than them because 
they have worked it, how they operate in packs. Okay, or a pack of wild dogs can bring a lion down. Okay, so you learn from it. Says there is strength in unity. Mm. Okay, two is better than one. A church that is united can bring down the devil faster. Mm-hmm. The roaring lion faster than one person trying to fight it alone and the others not interested. So you look at all this is teaching us. Okay, all these things. Okay, one can put a thousand to flee. Two can put two thousand, ten thousand, three exponentially it goes four, it goes higher. So God is teaching through and he says, look into the animal kingdom, see how they function. Mm. See how they function. Okay, learn from them, he says. Okay, and that's what God is talking about. Okay, so they all teach us. They all teach us. Okay, so it is just not the noises. Language capacity has been given primarily. They communicate through their sounds, but they don't communicate like us. Like us, that uh, uh, young gentlemen, the difference between the animal kingdom and us is God did not breathe into them. Mm. He created them by the word of their mouth. So their soul is different from our soul. They don't have our imagination. We were breathed in by God. Therefore, <coughs> man is the only species that still creates. He has the image of the creator. You don't see animals building anything. Okay, you will see the what is that thing? Builds a bridge in the river or something. But it's rare. It's not like engineering marvel or anything. When a bird builds a nest. It is instinct. They are yes, not using their yes, imagination. Yes, yes. It's not creativity. Okay. Yeah. The bird which that uh, builds that beautiful nest. Beaver, beaver. Yeah. Beaver bird. No, but have you noticed? All the nests look the same. Mm. <laughs> they don't build like us. Here mm. there is not two houses which look the same. Yes. But the beaver birds, all the nests look the same. Why? It is instinct. This instinct, God made it them that way. Okay, they don't make, they, they don't want variety and all kinds of stuff. They don't understand any of this thing. The lion eats the same meat. He doesn't eat it boiled one day and fried one day. He doesn't do all those things. Why do we do all these things different? It's because of our mm. imagination. We were created in the image of God. So God has given. So that way, animals are absolutely different from man. Man is pulled apart. Completely different because of that. And that's what you see over there. So, in the new millennium, we'll all be still created. The Spirit of Christ will be doing unbelievable things Most all awesome. through eternity. You know, it will be expanding, 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 expanding. I don't know what man will be doing. The creation will be doing. On earth also a lot of things. And the kings of the earth will bring their glory into that city it is set. So earth will be like what we see today is nothing what earth will be like in the new creation. Earth will be unbelievable because they will bring their glory into the city. Okay, okay. There will be kings on earth. Mm. Okay, if there are kings on earth, that means there are subjects on earth. So don't ever think everybody is not communism. The kingdom of God is not <laughs> communism. <laughs> or socialism. Okay. <laughs> absolutely benevolent monarchy. There will be no abuse, nothing at all. Servant kings. Okay. First, yes, Pastor. First, again, there's another question between the Old Covenant and the New. Uh, this is question number four. It's in two parts again. Um, yeah. The great prophets of the Old Testament lived by faith, but they were certainly divinely inspired. Does this mean that God alone and not they too was responsible for the work they did? Even though they were acted upon in a special sense with the Spirit of God, as I don't ever expect to be acted upon, they had to pay a price. 
Aristotle said that the purpose of education is to make the pupil like or dislike what he ought. To be educated is to be able to make distinctions. But we believe, but we being educated nowadays, to believe that distinctions are to be deployed. What you like or dislike has nothing to do with the object. It's merely a matter of taste. Would you throw some light on this according to the scripture? There are two parts to this question, so you can... Okay. You can just... Now, uh... Where is this question from, Pastor? If you might, don't mind me asking. Yeah, you. this is from New York. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, it is. You can see it's a liberal who became a believer. <laughs> very, very true. <laughs> a leftist liberal who became a believer. <laughs> I was a believer who went to a leftist liberal university, so I understand that language. <laughs> First, the great prophets of the Old Testament lived by faith, but they were certainly divinely inspired. Does this mean that God alone and not they too was responsible for the work they did? Uh, you see, it's always a partnership. Okay, Always a partnership. That's why God says, surrender your body and renew your mind. God does it. Through his will and his emotions and everything is put away. All of that is used by God. Mm. Everything is used by God. Okay, it is not like Shakespeare's watching, reading his play or watching his play, willing suspension of disbelief. No, it is not that. Okay, Okay. it is not that. Okay, God uses all the human faculties which God has given, but. Now in his way, in his purpose. Mm. That's it. That's what faith does. Faith has to use eyes. Faith yeah. has to use hands. Faith has to use legs. Faith has to use tongue. Faith has to use all the instruments that are needed to accomplish. But it is faith. Yeah. It is not sight. Mm-hmm. Okay. The mind is being used. The mind has to is being renewed. The mind was old. The mind is being made new. The mind is learning to think as God thinks. Emotions are being renewed. It's learning to feel like God feels. The will which was used for self is now being do the will of God. So everything is being used by God. So it is. We are not robots. That's why you will not see two men in the kingdom of God doing the same things. So it is the same God. Mm. Though the mission may look the same, but it's completely different. Like you look, read Moses and you read Joshua. They are not the same. Hmm. Exactly the same God. The God who is working in them and through them is the same. But how Moses does and what Joshua does is completely different. Or Elijah and Elisha. It's not the same. Hmm. It's not the same. Okay, one, one is a master, the other is a pupil. But their ministry is so completely different. That's how God works. Okay, But here, uh, even though they were acted upon in a special sense, as I don't ever expect to be acted upon, they had to pay a price. No, that's where we go wrong. We go wrong. Okay, This is what Jesus said. Let's go by what Jesus said. He said, of all those born of women, the greatest was John the Baptist. Okay? And we are looking at works, and we sometimes get it wrong. John the Baptist in his ministry did not do one single miracle. Absolutely no power ministry at all. Yet he was the greatest. He raised nobody from the dead. He healed no sick. He fed nobody. He did not. He himself did not feed himself properly. Mm. Okay. So that is John the Baptist. <laughs> but Jesus said he was the greatest. Okay. So we have to be very, very careful about how we judge the work a person does. 
because we are very visible creatures and we look at a power ministry mm-hmm. and says wow but god said the greatest was john the baptist why was he the greatest because he pointed out christ that's it <laughs> behold the lamb of god to him alone there were many prophets they could only they could only, only say, say say but say but this is precisely this is precisely this is, mm-hmm. he is the one so he mm-hmm. is the greatest mm-hmm. so that's how we have to look okay mm-hmm. otherwise we will say that i don't ever expect to be acted upon no we don't expect to be acted upon like elisha that doesn't mean we have to be lesser than elisha mm-hmm. because the bible positionally says you're greater than elisha because the spirit of god rests in you okay the difference between elisha and us is that the way the spirit rested upon him was different from the way the spirit rests upon us why because we don't allow the spirit to rest upon us he allowed the spirit to rest upon him he paid the price for that he was willing to pay the price to have the spirit rest upon him he followed elijah all the way and just the way spirit rested upon jesus he didn't even rest upon elisha that way mm. Okay, the spirit rested was in Christ and upon Him also. So there are these two different things. Okay, the difference with the Old Covenant Testament saints and the New Testament, they had, did not have the spirit in them; they had the spirit on them. So it is how you allow the spirit to come. Like I said, uh, I, I said on that Nepali meeting, right? You take this, you take this. These are all containers. These are all containers. This is also a container. So how you fill is what is different. Mm. how you feel it is different you know what if you take this container and if i pour the water into this it will be filled in seconds and overflow yes some people who get baptized in the holy spirit are only this shallow, this shallow and they start speaking in tongues in 2 seconds but that doesn't mean they are filled mm. they are filled only according to their level <laughs> they are absolutely carnal they probably have no understanding of the word of god but they got filled mm. and suddenly they speak in tongues and you make them an elder in the church you are asking for trouble mm. children speak in tongues they overflow does that mean they have wisdom and understanding and all nothing at all okay so that the fill is it gone no filling like jesus the bible says was filled without measure why because that was the capacity by in which he could be filled the fullness of god could reside in him so it's not talking about his body it is talking about the nature of his spirit and his soul he was he was deep he was deep so he could be filled that way those as theologians say 14 15 or 18 years of elisha's walk with elijah you know what happened it was not an easy walk because elijah is not an easy man to live with he's a very difficult man to live with if you look at his character he's not an easy man to live with but that life he led with elijah made him deep mm made him to took out everything of the flesh of flesh of flesh of deep in his soul and then when the spirit of god came upon him he is filled mm. it can come upon him in power so elisha is able to and that's what he says he looked at him and he said you know what i want what do you want he said i want a double portion of your spirit he said you have asked a very difficult thing asked a very difficult thing he says if you have to have a double portion of my spirit i sort of be he says basically in in what he say you have to begin where i end mm. after all these years i'm going to end in a particular place and you're going to begin exactly where i end where i end okay and that's where he begins how does elijah end he ends by entering into the spiritual realm and elisha begins by seeing that Elijah did not begin by seeing that he ends by seeing that into that realm 
if he had seen the realm at Jezreel, he wouldn't have run from Jezebel. Mm. <laughs> okay. It's towards the end of his ministry that he starts seeing, you know, kings are sending, he calls down fire. He could have called down fire there also, but he didn't call down fire. Because he wouldn't be, wasn't able to see into that realm. But mm. now Elisha sees into that realm. Okay. But why is he able to see into that realm? Because of that walk. He allowed that walk to clean him out, cut flesh out. Okay. And after that, you don't see, therefore, you will never see Elisha struggle like Elijah did. But who does the credit go to? It goes to Elijah. Mm. The walk, he had to walk with Elijah to become like that. There are so many other sons of prophets. They all know he's going that day. But they won't walk that walk. They have a gift. They don't, do you know your master? He says, I know. Shut your mouth. I know. They don't want to walk that walk. They all, we limit ourselves. God takes the limits off. He says, you can. You can be filled without measure, but it's your choice. So you stop at Gilgal, or you stop at Jericho, or you stop at Bethel, or you stop at different places. Okay, that's enough. I don't want to go anymore. So, there is a price to be paid. But don't look at works. Because if you look at the works, okay, if the Spirit of God is going to be upon me, then this is the kind of works I have to do. No, John the Baptist didn't do any of those works. And according to Jesus, he was greater than Elisha. Mm. Greater than Elisha. So don't look at works. Because works can be simply because of gifts. You read 1 Corinthians 12, you look at the gifts over there. Every power ministry gift is mentioned in that. That does not mean that you are qualified at all because if you have to be qualified to get a gift, then it is not a gift. It is a wages. Yes, yes, yes. It is not a gift. Anybody can receive a gift. Mm -hmm. It is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay. So, don't look at power ministry. Don't look at power ministry. Don't look at power. If you look at power ministry, look at the life. How much pressure can they handle? Yeah. How much pressure they can handle? Elisha could handle pressure. Okay, Elijah broke under pressure mm. and then after that he learned. He learned and he could handle pressure. Elisha could handle pressure straight from the beginning. Mm. He begins with a mob of young people mocking him. That's how he begins. He begins his ministry under pressure and he handles pressure straight away, handles it all through his life. He handles pressure. He doesn't break under pressure. Why? Because he is deep and the Spirit of God can rest upon him under pressure on power. And if you look at Jesus, he never broke under pressure. Mobs came him to push over. He just walked through them. He could never be killed before his time. He couldn't actually be killed. He gave up his own life on the cross. Okay, he had, That's what God is talking about. That is the actual power. That's what Paul is talking about. We are clay, but there is treasure inside. What is the poor of the treasure? Pressure. Heart pressed. Mm. Not broken. Trials, you look at his list of trials. That man is not broken. He's not broken. Okay. But if you look at his miracles, handkerchiefs went, his power ministry is there, but it's not mentioned in great detail. Yeah, he doesn't do. He doesn't talk about that. That is not the whole thing. The whole thing is about the power of God resting upon you is how are you handling pressure? And through the that pressure, pressure, how, how, he yeah, how so are you articulate. through that pressure, pressure? How are you coming through? Are you becoming better and better? Because mm-hmm. pressure can mm-hmm. make you bitter. Mm-hmm. Like how are you becoming more patient, more kind, more compassionate? Are you allowing the life of Christ to flow through you? Mm-hmm. Are you becoming what you call the broken vessel? Yeah. Are you becoming the broken vessel? Okay, that's how you look at it. Yes.
Uh, so there's another question, I think. Uh, so we, Aristotle and this uh, thing and all, we leave them alone. Yes, yes, yes. They yes. were intellectuals. Plato, Aristotle, Socrates, they were all intellectuals. And they were genuine men. They were genuine men who were Gentiles, but used their soul, which was God-breathed, to explore God. Mm. So whatever level their soul, like Indian sages, whatever level the soul could try to understand, perceive God, they understood. And some of the things our sages have said aligns with the kingdom of God. Mm. Though they did not know the real God, they had a general perception of what about God what is. God is like. If mm. God were to be God, what he would be like. like exactly. Okay. Mm. So they all preached about righteousness mm. and all of them talked about it. You know, the entire concept about democracy. They considered about this. There is no Socrates, Aristotle, Plato. There is no democracy. Yeah. These are all Greek concepts. Greece is where democracy was born. Okay. Then exported to Rome. Okay, yeah, it was Greece where it was born. Okay, they were done, this thing, the whole concept about the American concept about Senate and all. Who were the senators? Mm. They're all in Rome. Mm. Okay, they were senators. They had two houses. And then, you know, Julius Caesar was a senator. Mm. And then he usurped and became Caesar. Caesar is a title. It's not his name. It's a title. He becomes king. But he was a senator. Okay, because two of the senators at the top had equal powers to see that it is balanced, okay, and then he becomes a single one. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. So, so I started, they were all great uh, intellectuals. intellectuals. Alexander's uh, teacher was Aristotle. Alexander was taught by, uh, by Aristotle. Aristotle. Okay, he was one of his pupils, so that's how it is. Okay, okay. Pastor, there's another question. question okay, number so, uh, education, see, there's something called education and there's something called the knowledge of God. Mm. Education should be specific to subjects and don't bring ideology into it. Mm. Teach physics and physics only. Mm-hmm. Okay. Teach biology, biology, biology. It is basically looking into creation sure. through the mind of the creator. Yes. That is how it should be understanding okay. what it is. Yes. There is a first acknowledge, there is mm. a creator. Yes. Creator. And creation reflects his glory. When acknowledging and bending in you before the creator, learn creation. Otherwise, you will be a very bad physicist and very bad biologist. <laughs> you will not. You want to learn? Learn all these subjects. All these subjects. Okay? It is good. But today what has happened, they took God out. Once you take God out, any subject becomes what? Becomes what? That's a question number three. Hmm. Uh, there, because there's a question there whether what you like or dislike is a matter of taste. No. You like what God likes. You dislike what God dislikes. Yeah. You love so righteousness. That is, yeah, and Jesus loved love righteousness and hated, and hated iniquity or wickedness. He hated. Yeah. So your likes and dislikes are not determined by education. It is determined by the knowledge of God. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's how it is, yes. Pastor, question number three, uh, also, um, I think it's on the similar lines. How do you come to God with an empty heart? I guess that means we need to get rid of everything we have already piled into the inner void that we hoped would fill it up. Our pride fills our hearts and mind as well. Offense can also fill it up. Help me understand. Okay, see, this is a lifelong process. Mm-hmm. Like I said, he sits in the most holy place. God sits in the most holy place in the old covenant. He gave us a picture and from there he speaks. 
Okay, from there he speaks. People had to come through all this process from outside. They could never go to the holy place. That's that it. is where he spoke. But in the new covenant, the curtain has been rent. He comes into the most holy place of every believer and he sits there. And from there he speaks. Mm. And first he does is he starts cleaning out. Mm. He's cleaning out. Listen to tomorrow's message, you will understand. So I'll leave question three. What he does in the most holy place. That is the most important part. If we, if we don't allow him to do what he wants to do in the most holy place, all your work in the holy place and the outer courts mm, will ultimately no will mm. be a waste. Mm. It's a good benefit you, society, life on earth and all that, but eternally it will not benefit you. The most important work he does is in the most holy place. And if you allow him to do that, you will be able to hear him. Mm. Otherwise, you are still using your reason to figure him out. You are still living in the holy place. It's your reason on the word of God. You are not hearing from him. Your reason can be right. Mm. Your assess assessment can be right. But there is a difference from <laughs> hearing. Yep, yep, yep. Hearing. Okay, still you are skeptical. Okay, yeah. am I right? Is this thing okay? Right? It's like the it's like the it's like the student who has finished the exam, not the student who got the answer paper back. It's a difference between two. Mm. When you finish your exam, I think so, but when you get the answer paper, you don't have to think mm. so. It's already there. Okay, it's a difference between the holy place and the most holy place. Most holy place. It's a difference between. That is the difference between. Ahitophel and David. Hmm. Ahitophel is a wise man. He hears the counsel of God. So it's an incredibly wise man. But David is not wise like Ahitophel. Hmm. But he hears from God. And as soon as he hears, Ahitophel has gone to the other side. He just prays one simple prayer. Turn the wisdom of Ahitophel into foolishness. And God heard him. God heard him. Hmm. God heard him. Only a man who is used to hearing the word of God, hearing the voice of God, can pray like that. Yes, yes, yes. A man who is lived in the holy place cannot pray mm -hmm. like that because he will, he will immediately, he's gone on to the other side, he's mm -hmm. got his wisdom. Now I need wisdom to tackle him. They are both fighting. <laughs> Two wise men are fighting. The wiser will win. <laughs> wiser will win. Okay, the wiser will win. Okay, but on this side, that's not him. He said, I don't have his wisdom. I know his counsel is great, but I know what. God can overrule it all. <laughs> You know what, I have had a lifetime of experience. I didn't reach here because of wisdom or mm. understanding. I reached here because I heard God. was God. with me. God. God with me. I relied on his wisdom. And I just did what he told me to do. And it always worked out. So he said, Lord, turn the wisdom of Ahitophel into foolishness. God did it. Before you know, Ahitophel is hanging from the rafter of his roof. He's gone. <laughs> David probably did not realize his prayer would be answered this way. He just took Ahitophel <laughs> out of the way. He's gone. And Absalom, when he takes Ahitophel's counsel, refuses Ahitophel's counsel, Absalom is on the road to defeat. He's already lost it. A simple prayer of a man who knows what it is to hear from the holy place. Okay, so that's how it works. So there is this process. It's a day-to-day -day process. It doesn't matter how many times you fall. You get up, you crawl, you go back to your prayer closet, and you go back to God, and he will do, keep doing it. Keep doing it. And you are not even looking at temporal results. It's not even about that. You have to be very, very careful that you do not connect your relationship with God with your works. Mm. Very, very careful. 
the problem is if you connect your relationship with your works when your works are going on well you will not factor on your relationship relationship that is basically what happens that is why successful people their marriages break yet when they were struggling the relationship was very strong mm-hmm. normal cases where they have understanding they hung together they fought together the battle they prayed they struggled their relationship was very very strong <laughs> then trouble stopped money came in they built houses now they are very successful and what happens is it start affecting the relationship <laughs> the relationship slowly start because they don't spend time with each other anymore they get busy because they have money and their activities and everything children fall away and husband and wife grow distance the same thing can happen with a believer your relationship god it has nothing to do with your work even if you are in ministry it's got nothing to do with your ministry your relationship with god is completely different doesn't matter how successful your ministry is like jesus was early in the morning he rose and he went back to his father and his ministry is not growing his ministry starts shrinking 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 but his relationship with his father is absolutely strong 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 he's moving into real test but you look at him it's growing and it's growing and it's growing it's his obedience was growing humbled himself to obedience unto death and death on the cross meaning he's hearing it absolutely clear and he will not allow his works to determine his relationship mm. will allow his relationship to determine his work that's why you have to be careful about it why because we will be very surprised in eternity when you see rewards being given out and said what did this person do <laughs> what did that woman do that says they walked with me you looked at works i looked you didn't know their relationship with me you didn't know their relationship with me you looked at power ministry <laughs> you didn't look you thought that was it this is no that was a gift it's just a gift you didn't look at their relationship i use different people for different purposes the devil also like that uses different people for different purposes God also uses the different people for different purposes. But relationship does not, is not the same. Yes, Pastor Vijay. Pastor, there's another question. Uh, question number five. Uh, it says, uh, why didn't Jesus have any shepherds as disciples, even though the message of the birth of Jesus Christ was first announced to a, announced to a group of shepherds? Moses and David, two great people from the Old Testament, were also shepherds once. This is a curiosity question. Okay. now uh, they became shepherds eventually yeah they became uh, <laughs> to from the old time and they see remember moses and david of which uh, david was the only one who was actually a shepherd moses was not a shepherd he became a shepherd mm-hmm. he was a prince and he was extremely educated man from the from egypt who became a shepherd okay and david was a shepherd who became a king now the thing is that we are talking about uh we are talking about the church and church people are going to be from all kinds of facets of life okay and 
when God is talking about the term shepherd, he uses an illustration of sheep. That's why you have a shepherd. Because sheep, unlike the other animals, are the most defenseless. Ones who get so easily lost. So sheep always needs a shepherd. Okay, He could have compared us to anything else. We are not lions. Otherwise, you would be called lion tamers. Okay. Okay. He could have called us mahots. We are like elephants. He didn't call us any of those things. Mm. Okay. But he called us sheep and shepherds. That's the only reason. We are called sheep and therefore you have a shepherd. And in Moses' case, uh, he had to lead the children of Israel. So he kept him as a shepherd after his first disobedience or ignorance or whatever you want to call it as a shepherd because to be a shepherd you need a lot of patience first and the fundamental principle of being a shepherd is you need a lot of patience because they keep getting lost all the time mm-hmm. two they need to be led they don't know which way to go they okay they need and there are all kinds of shepherds but david was a shepherd who loved a sheep he didn't pick every shepherd to be somebody. You know, so David was the only one who was picked, and Moses was trained to be patient because he was a very short-tempered, angry man. Because you cannot grow up in the palace and and be the best. Mm. And be the best is a Hebrew boy who is the best among the Egyptians, and so smart, mm-hmm. and not be arrogant. Absolutely. And pride sets in. You don't have patience with people. They have no patience with people because you know what? You are so smart. No, you don't have patience with it. Why can't you do it better and faster? You have no patience. But a shepherd can't be that. A shepherd has to be incredibly patient because you're going to deal with people who are not smart. Mm-hmm. The gospel is for the poor. It's not for the smart. Mm-hmm. It's for the poor. And they don't have intelligence. They don't have smartness. It is for the poor. So if you're going to be a smart man, going to lead this poor man, you are a misfit. So first I have to make you poor. <laughs> I have to teach you patience. Mm. You need a lot of, lot of, lot of patience. You have to lead a lot of patience. Okay. So when Jesus picks people, he picks from all walks of life. Yeah, fishermen and taxmen and all of them. But in three and a half years, what mm. he teaches them is patience and compassion. Mm. Two things. You see, he looked at it. He had unbelievable patience and he had unbelievable compassion. <laughs> These are matters of the heart. See, the rest can be taught how Mm. to preach and how to counsel and all you can learn. But all that is pointless if you don't have these things. Thing is that, are you compassionate? And do you have loads and loads and loads of patience? And above all, the capacity to hear. Because it's very, very important. The shepherd has to hear Mm. because the sheep are going to follow his voice. Mm. My sheep Hear hear my voice. And that goes true on earth too. The sheep hears the voice of the shepherd mm. because God primarily speaks to his sheep through the shepherd's voice okay, shepherd's voice and therefore the shepherd has to be a person who has yes. learned to hear the voice of God to hear the voice of mm. God because we are not just giving them wisdom and knowledge and understanding we are giving we are leading them we are leading them okay we are leading them okay we are not Solomon, we are David. Hmm. We are David. 
God is rebuilding the tabernacle of David, not building the temple of Solomon. Solomon never led his people. If you look at it, he was wasting time on his own. He was never leading his people. David led his people. Mm. Through it all, David led his people. David always led his people. And you will always see with David. God's there was three major areas of failing in David's life. One was before he became king. Second is when he became king, Bathsheba. And the third is towards the end of his reign when he did the census. Mm. But God is very upset only with the second one. Mm. He's not upset with the first one. He's not upset with the third one too. Because in one and two, you will see David's heart had never changed. Even when he fails the second time and God restores him, he's still a very kind, compassionate man, if you look at it. He's not mad with his 600 men. He's not mad with the 200 who steps at his side. He's not mad with the Amalekite who's injured. He's a very kind, compassionate man. <coughs> Even when the census takes place and judgment is taking place, he cries out to God and says, let it fall on me. Why are you killing my yeah. men? But with Bethsabar's case, he was very upset with him because he said, you did not show compassion to Uriah. Yeah, yeah. That is not a shepherd. He said, you're a man after my own heart. I have an issue here. You have an issue with that. You know what? He took care of the man's wife and he killed him. He just killed him. But what happened to your heart? What happened to your compassion? What happened to your compassion? Okay, what happened to your compassion? You have to look at that. You have to look at how, you have to look at how God looks at. How God looks at. Hmm people and situations. So when God is speaking, it's a it's an office. And the office is called the office. Pastor means basically shepherd, office of the shepherd. Why is it called the shepherd? Because the people are like sheep. Most of the people who will enter into the kingdom of God will come from the poor. They will be poor. Mm. They will have no understanding of the ways of God. They will have to be corrected over and over again. They will stray. They will go this way. Okay? Only deal with the goats. You need to know the difference between the goat, who is a rebel, and you need to know the sheep. <laughs> the sheep is a sinner. The goat is a rebel. So deal with them separately. You know? So when Jesus sees the sinners, he has compassion on them. But he dealt with the rebels. Differently, he was able to distinguish between these two, and with them, he had enormous patience. Mm. It didn't matter what their sin was, mm. it didn't matter how long they were in their sin, it didn't matter to them. He brought them all out 38 years, 18 years, 12 years, caught in adultery, bored on sin again. He's dealing with them, but with the Pharisees, he was different. Mm. He said, woe unto you fellows, your goats, your rebels, your stiff-necked. You know? And he, that's what he taught. So you, ultimately you will see these fishermen all will become shepherds. Mm. Yes. Okay? The tax collector will become a shepherd. All of them will become shepherds. Okay? A Pharisee called Paul, Saul, will become a shepherd. shepherd. Really a shepherd after God's own heart. He will become. And that's what God is talking about. Okay. So this, I think you should take the last question for the day. This okay. is question number nine. Mm. One, one line question. Mm. When the attack is constant, how do you still stand? You still have to stand. First, you have to count your options. Option one, I can't run. Option <laughs> two, I can't run. 
option three, I cannot run. <laughs> Period. <laughs> you still have to stand. I'm not talking about physically running. We're we going through this process about like today's. There are different stages of what you do during persecution. Mm. Sometimes God asks you to run from one city to another. Sometimes mm. he tells you to stand, stand and face it. So we are not talking about that practical aspect. But the question is, when the attack is constant, how do you stand? You stand in the strength of God. Mm. Okay. Now this is, will look like theology, this thing and all. But you need to ask your... When anything happens in your life, you should immediately turn to God and say, Lord, I understand you are sovereign. Yeah. Nothing can happen without you knowing and without you allowing. Right. So could you tell me, what are you trying to tell me yes. through this? Mm-hmm. Even if you slip and fall. Mm-hmm. You cannot slip and fall unless God allows it. I'm not talking about a moral, I'm talking about a physical failure. Yes. You slip and fall on the, what are you trying to tell me? No. trying to tell like there's a banana peel outside you tell your son throw the banana peel you will slip and fall he didn't take a slip and fall and what do you tell him didn't I tell him what was I trying to tell him okay what I was trying to tell you throw it away otherwise you will fall okay so God will tell you behind everything that God allows to happen in our life when it is bad there is a message Mm. Message. Don't take, like I said, like we keep saying, there are no accidents in mm. a believer's life. Yes. There are no accidents. It may look like an accident. It's an accident to you. It's not an accident to God. Yeah. If it's an accident to God, then God doesn't know everything. No, no. God doesn't know anything. Everything. No. So behind everything that is happening, God is got a message to tell. So when the attack is constant, what? How do you stand still? One, first and foremost, you go to the Word of God. And you look at people who are constantly attacked, starting with Jesus down to Paul. Constant under attack. Question, did they stand? How did they stand? The question is, how did they stand? Because, like all of them, they looked at the one who was invisible. They looked at the city that is on the other side, and that country that is on the other side. Their hope was on the other side. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I will stand. Okay, because the Bible is very clear. Faith is intimately connected with your hope. Mm-hmm. When hope goes, you give up. As long as there is hope, people don't quit. They'll go, is there one pass per, at least one percent chance of success? Yes, okay, then I will try. <laughs> no chance. Then people will give up. Okay, they will give up. But faith and hope are intimately connected. So you can be, you can fail 100% on earth and be 100% successful in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Mm. Abel was killed at his first sacrifice. <laughs> But it's still speaks. That's the point. What did he do? Nothing. He just <laughs> offered a sacrifice <laughs> and his brother killed it. Okay. Did he build anything? Did he have a family? Did he leave any generation behind him? Nothing. But he's still speaking. Because in heaven's sight, he's very successful. Mm-hmm. Because he opened the way for the rest of humanity. There is a way that you can come to God. Only one way. What is that? Through the blood. Okay. So till Jesus came, the way was shown by Abel. Mm-hmm. And after that, Abel showed Abel's way. Jesus showed Abel's way in a more practical way. But Abel showed the way. If there is no Abel, there is no Enoch. 
Because if Enoch has to walk with God, Abel has to show how you first have peace with God mm. before you can walk with him. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. If Abel doesn't show the way, Noah cannot build an ark. Because if Noah has peace with God, because Abel showed the way, this is the way. So what is Abel's accomplishment? Okay, so you need to realize, okay, that's what it means. You have to look on the other side and you stand. You stand. And ultimately everything comes, okay? Yes, disappointments will come. Because the thing is that, let me tell you, the thing is that, a couple of things, let me ask a close couple of things. One, when people come to the Lord late in life, Lord of the world gets in. Okay? Comforts of the world gets in. Desires and dreams of the world gets in. So you know what? When attack comes, there is always a fear connected with loss of these things. Okay? Loss of these things. Second thing is that the Bible says where there is no hope, the spirit starts drying. Okay? Now, let us look at rich. As of Richie is fine with me, I am fine with Richie. But then I tell Richie, you know what, Richie, today is August the 6th. By August 31st, I promise you I'll give you 10 lakh rupees. Now, I just must, might have said it from the top of my head. But because who is said it, he said, wow, but 31st, I'll have 10 lakhs. Suddenly, all his dreams, ideas, everything has changed. Now I will do this course, I will do this thing. And 31st, I tell Richie, I'm no sorry, I, I don't have that money. Now, what happened? I gave him hope. Mm. I give him hope. I give him hope. But I'm not able to fulfill that hope. Mm. Okay. And that is where we have to be very, very, very careful. Mm. Okay. Our hope has to be in God. Mm. And we need to be very, very, very sure our hope is based on faith. And faith is based on what God has said. Yes. Don't assume. That's why First Corinthians fifteen nineteen says, "If only in, in this, this life, life we have hope in Christ, we have hope in Christ. We, we are the most pitiable of all men." Read that. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. Let us say, "I have." Hope in Christ, faith in Christ, hope in Christ. You know what? I'm going to build this big house. And I'm going to live my rest of, after 60, I'm going to live the rest of my life comfortably. And I have all these promises and everything, you know. And you know what happened? And when it does not start happening, I start becoming more and more and more miserable. Or if it happens, and then I retire, I become more and more empty. That's not how life is meant to be lived. Because my hope was connected with this life. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, there can be a hope in Christ. There are many, many promises. Okay. You can claim it and name it and squeeze it out of God's hands, try all those things. But there's also something which is called the, the will of God. The perfect, soft, beautiful, perfect will of God. Okay. Discover it. Stay in it. And God says, you know what? When these attacks come, when these attacks come, Okay, you need to realize I will be able to stand because my hope is on the other side. I have a hope here, but this is a hope 
that hope, the nature of my hope in Christ in this world itself is temporary because this life is temporary. Mm. So what we, we what we say in English, hold it loosely. Yes. Hold, don't hold it tight. When the Roman city Pompeii was destroyed by earthquake, okay, let's say I, I I read it my when I was young in class three, four, five. I read the last days of Pompeii. I was gripped by that story in that age. But the excavations of that city, one of the excavations which is found is that a woman or somebody, no, yeah, trying to escape, but got this thing, is trying to still try to grab a pearl necklace. When the whole city is being destroyed because of the earthquake and I think Mount Vesuvius, Volcano Vesuvius, yeah, yeah, it had, uh, uh, no, erupted. So what you're talking about is that all the things of this world very, very lightly, very, very loosely, very, very loosely, everything, everything very, very loosely, hold it very, very loosely so that when it goes, okay, it doesn't affect you so much. Mm. Affect you so much. That main thing is that have peace with God about your past, mm. old past, recent past. Have peace with God. There's no guarantee you will have peace with man. Yeah. As far as possible, the Bible says, within your means, have peace. But with God, you can have 100% peace. Absolute, total peace. Why? Because of the price that is paid. Like I asked. Where did I ask that question? Was it here? Was it in Ranchi, Jamshad, Puriya? One of the questions they asked. I asked them, if you do under the law of any country, what is the maximum punishment a person can get? That's it. That is what Christ was given for my sin. Maximum punishment, the death penalty and the worst hang on the cross. Therefore, I can go to God with any sin because maximum penalty has been already been given. So I will not hesitate to go to God mm. because maximum penalty has been given there. Yes. Remember that. So we don't take it lightly, mm. but we take it. We take it. Seriously. Very mm -hmm. seriously. We take it seriously one side, but we take it. Mm -hmm. We don't hesitate to go mm -hmm. back. Oh, I did such a terrible thing. How can God says maximum penalty has already been given? Okay, your crimes, maximum penalty has already been given. If you were to go to the law on the land with your with your crime or what sin as crime, what is the penalty you will get? Oh, not, not so much. Don't worry. That penalty, the maximum under the law for the worst crime has been given. Hang him till death. Mm. And he has hung there. Therefore, you are able to go. So you need to have peace with your past. When you have peace with your past... The Bible says, Romans 5, 1 and 2, the last two verses for today. We have heard it many times, but that having is the life of a believer. Therefore, having been justified by faith, yeah, yeah, we have peace with God through our Lord, which is justified. It means you have peace about your past. Through whom also we access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Mm. We are standing today by grace. Mm. And rejoice in the hope of glory of God. That mm. is your tomorrow. Yesterday, peace. Today, you have grace. Tomorrow, you have the hope of glory. glory.
seared. Your past, present and future is covered all by faith in Christ. That is what Paul discovers. I live by faith and not by sight. Mm. It is the life of Christ. Does Christ have peace about his past? Absolutely. How does he stand every day? No by grace. Mm. When he looked, he endured the cross because he saw the joy that was set before him. Okay. That's how you live. One day at a time. One day at a time. One day at a time. You can only live before God. You cannot live before man. And you have to understand why you cannot live before man. Because man will not be able to understand you. You are not able to understand yourself. How do you expect somebody else to understand you? Mm. The only one who understands you is God. So just go by what God says about you. And his word says about you. That's a simple way to look. No, It's like you go court to court to court. Finally, Supreme Court makes a judgment. That is a judgment. Mm. After that, where do you go? You can't go anywhere. Now God has already declared. After God has declared, it doesn't matter. Okay, Supreme Court has declared. Okay, This person is not guilty. News media is gone, hyper, but we still believe. Who cares what you believe? <laughs> Who cares, Who cares what you believe? Supreme Court has already declared not guilty. Okay, God has already declared not guilty. Not guilty. Mm. Okay, when you enter into the kingdom of God, you enter into the kingdom of God has with a declaration not guilty. And now he says, clean up the mess. Come inside. I'm dealing with a person who is not guilty. I'm not dealing with a person who is guilty. You don't have to get saved over and over and over again. No, you get saved only once. Mm. You don't get saved twice. Yep. Only once. Are you saved? Yes, I am saved. Now clean up the mess. Hallelujah. Clean up the mess. And in the process, when you're cleaning, you're failing, you are not guilty. Because by one sacrifice, it's he has perfect. made perfected Forever. ever, ever. Everyone who is being sanctified. You are being sanctified from inside. Yes, yes, yes. So don't listen to the opinions of men. But Amen. listen to what God is saying. Yes. Very carefully listen to what God mm. is saying. Okay. Listen to what God is saying. That is what faith is. Faith comes from hearing. And hearing from the word of God. And the word of God is here. Mm. Read this. And ask God, speak to me. I want to hear from you as I read this. I understand what you are saying. What you say is the truth. And the thing is that what you say is always true. Mm. And only you can say the truth. Amen. And I will stand, love and die by your truth. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yes, Pastor Vijay. You yeah, end with prayer. Father in heaven, we just want to thank you, Lord, for speaking to our hearts this evening, Lord. Lord, yes, if in this life only we have hope in Christ Jesus, we are of all people the most pitiable. But thank God, thank you, Lord that we have a hope beyond this life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you've reassured us through all these questions, O Lord. And I pray, Father, that we will continue to walk the path that you have laid before us, even following the footsteps of our Lord and Savior. Thank you, Father, for instructing us this evening, O Lord. I pray, Father, that we will continue to have a teachable spirit and all the truths that you have spoken into our hearts will be deposited Lord, into the into our inner man, you will write them on the tables of our heart from deep down inside and you will cause us to walk in your ways as you promised us in the new covenant. Thank you, Lord. To that end, I pray that you would bless us, O Lord. And even as we, Father, end this day and we look forward for tomorrow, I pray, Lord, that you would prepare us to be found in the house of the Lord, Lord, to receive from you and to prepare ourselves continuously for your coming. We thank you, we praise you, we give you glory. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.